You're listening to another great podcast in the MyMac Podcasting Network. MyMac Podcast 731. Apple didn't respond to request for comment. Welcome, everyone, to the mighty, mighty MyMac.com podcast, number 731. And unsurprisingly, Apple did not respond to that request for a comment because have they ever, you know, why do, I'm here with Carl Madden. I should probably say that. Gaz isn't here this week. He's off doing, you know, gas stuff. And uh, Carl was roped, uh, sorry, uh, asked to fill in and he was kind enough to show up and listen to me babble for nearly three quarters of an hour while everything on my computer refused to work. Oh, hello, Carl. Hello. How are you doing today? I've aged considerably since we started the show. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. You know, I, I mean, the, the few little specks of hair that I have left, they're gone. Just <laughs> they gave up the ghost. They're like, you know what? We're not hanging around for this. And poof. There, 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 they, there they go. Do you, know, do you know your title? You're right. That Apple didn't respond to a quest comment. We, we get that all the time. But do you know the latest one that I've noticed that they've started using is whenever Apple releases a, a press statement or, you know, one of their news letters or whatever it is they send out to companies, they always say, um, and, and co- Apple contacted me with this. Like it's them who are specifically targeted with this news yeah. release. <laughs> right, right. Because, you know, they're so important. That's it. I've noticed this a few times. I thought, I could start using this on my show. I can say, yeah, Apple, sent me, <laughs> Apple sent me this comment. And it's just a news brief thing. Because Yeah, that they, that they didn't send to, like, every person in their, their news organization mailing list. And publish on their website as well, yeah. Exactly. Exactly. But, you know, it, it's just crazy that, that and you know, I noticed this. A long time ago, but this is like the first time I can think of that I'm, I'm commenting on it. Um, all of these, these websites and, you know, not my Mac so much, but, uh, you know, name almost any website that follows Apple stuff and that they put out this, this long diatribe against Apple. And it's mostly the, and it's, you know what, it's mostly the people that, that print all the negative stuff about Apple and they're always trying to find, well, let's see what kind of hornet's nest I can stir up by saying that, that Apple pushes people off suicide nets or something along those lines. And at the end of these articles that they write, it always says the same thing. You know, I have reached out to Apple, you know, for a comment and thus far they have not responded. It's like, they're never going to respond to that crap ever. They just don't. (laughs) I bet I bet that's what Bloomberg was hoping a few weeks ago. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, well they got they got their asses slammed for that. They got a response, that's for sure. Y- yeah, and it probably wasn't the response they were looking for. Jerks. <laughs> and what I, I, cracked me up, they did you know, Apple had the event in, in Brooklyn. And they're like, Yeah, you know what? We could invite Bloomberg, but yeah, we're not going to. Nah. It's all right. Whatever. Whatever. What's yeah. the point? But it's just one. It's one of those things, isn't it? It's what we come to expect nowadays. So uh, they're all they're all vying for the same thing. They're all vying for the shock value. They're all vi- vying for the headlines. They're Flick all vying things. to get us on their sites to look at their ads. That's all it comes down to every single time. Yeah. So nuts. Well, I've had a couple things going on here, Carl. Um, I, you do you listen to the My Mac podcast? <laughs> just because you're on doesn't necessarily mean that you listen. You know, I listen. Okay, good. Excellent. Thank you. Uh, for the last few weeks, I've been working on uh, my brother's new dash-ish iMac uh, that he got for his wife. Uh, he actually bought it a year ago, but his wife is is so reluctant for change that she's kind of fought him on it in replacing her 2008 20-inch iMac with this brand new 21.5-inch iMac. Well, that was fine until the hard drive started getting serious errors, oh. hundreds of, of, uh, of um, disk errors. So she, we had to make this change because nobody's going to 
go to the time and trouble to put a new hard drive in a 10 year old iMac, <laughs> not going to happen. So, and there was all kinds of things that happened that, that made it difficult. And, uh, he lives about hour and a half, two hours away. So it was a four hour trip there and back for three weeks. And finally, last week, finally got it done. And the end part was, uh, pretty, actually pretty easy because he, uh, my brother, while I was, you know, here, he went and got all the info that was on his wife's old computer. And just did a data dump to the new computer. And at that point, it was just a matter of, of reorganizing and, and putting it where it needed to go. So it was, it was actually, the end of it was pretty easy as compared to the first two weeks, which was just a royal pain in the ass. And under the, the topic of Guy made a rant that he probably shouldn't have because he was wrong uh, <laughs> no. last week. I know I got so angry with a couple of different companies that were claiming copyright on my uh, YouTube uh, videos, mm-hmm. the Mac to the future videos and stuff saying that, you know, they had cop they, you know, the music that I was using was under their copyright. And I kept saying, no, no, it's not. No, it's not. This is music built into Adobe premier elements, except apparently it's not built in to Adobe Premiere Elements, or at least the music that I used right there, because I couldn't find it when I went back to look for it. Because I got a a notice from one of the companies, and they still pissed me off, so I'm not going to say what the company was. And uh, the way that YouTube works these, these copyright infringements, when you challenge one of these things, YouTube doesn't review it. It goes to the company that is saying that it's their music and it's up to them whether or not to pursue it any further. So it's like they're judge, jury, and, and executioner as far as the, these copyright claims go. So when I got a second notice saying that this company says, no, 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 you, you still, you still, you know, did a, did a bad thing with music copyright. I was like, oh yeah, I'll show you. And I went and I looked through Adobe Premiere Elements for the music that I used. And it wasn't there. <laughs> so it was like, God oh, damn. So I, you know, I, I didn't pursue that one any further and I had to change the music in my, my closing, uh, credits for the Mac, the future live cast that I do on Wednesday nights at 8 PM Eastern standard time over there on the Facebooks. Catch it live. So, yeah. So I was, I was a dumb bunny. It's easy to do, though. I mean, we, we, you know, in this day and age, we pick up stuff, we stick it on YouTube, we stick a music track in, and you think you don't really think about it until you get one of those letters or one of those. I mean, my my stepdad, he posts loads of videos on YouTube, and he used to get them all the time because, you know, they're not. He's not. He doesn't like you know try and fight them because he knows he's putting other people's music on there, and he thinks well. Sure. Sometimes they just say, "Nope, can't have this," and they'll take it off. And other times they'll say, "Any money comes from this, we're taking it," and he he doesn't really care. But yeah. yeah he's, I mean, he's, he's, for, for people. I'm sure he has, you know, McDonald's or something like that sponsoring his <laughs> his YouTube videos. Well, it's, yeah, I mean, they're not getting up to anywhere, the amount of clicks you need to get money out of them anyway. But yeah. just most people, I mean, I'd, I'd, it's it's a weird thing, but it's, it's always, it's not like when you use something like Aerosmith or something like that, something, a big name band. It's normally when you use one of these little instrumental music pieces and then out of the blue, <laughs> you suddenly get this yeah. notice and you think, ooh. And it's just some weird little company in the middle of nowhere, probably. Uh, and they just put a strike against you. And you go, mm, whatever. And it's not that big deal for likes of me or, or like I say, my stepdad, because we don't really make money or any plan to make money from YouTube. But yeah. for people who have popular big channels, it's, it's a real problem. because Yeah, like me. Like you, said. but yeah, exactly. And who was totally lying. And it's going to get a lot more complicated soon because there's a, a European copyright law going through or something. I'm not now. I've not read up about this because it's too far away at the moment. But that looks quite draconian. So I'm looking forward to that basically breaking the internet for us in Europe in in the next coming few years because that really is bad. It's like you got pay for links and stuff like this, and oh, it's a nightmare. Well, the, and the thing that's so stupid is in nearly every case where people are you know have some of this music on, you know, their videos, it's usually like 10, 15 second snippets or they're talking over it or something else. It's not like 
whoever it is that's watching this video on YouTube or in Facebook or whatever is like, oh, ha, 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 I don't have to pay for Dude Looks Like a Lady by Aerosmith because this person talked over a 15-second snippet of it of just the part that I wanted to listen to over and over again. Yeah. So dumb. You know, this is almost a second um, second segment rant that we're doing here. <laughs> You still had it. <laughs> I know. It's completely my fault. So we're going to go on over to the MyMac.com recent articles. And we won't even talk about all the problems we had with iCloud and pages and everything else before we got started on this show. We're not even going to go into that. So the first one is the Square Jellyfish Phone Tripod. This is a review by Mr. Bert Clanchard. This is Bert Clanchard, and I approve this message. Thank you, Bert. Here's a tripod designed specifically to securely hold your phone a while taking. What's yeah, a, what's a tripod? tripod. <laughs> Sorry, well, it's it's three iPads stuck together because <laughs> that's what people want. Here's a tripod designed specifically to securely to securely hold your phone while taking hands-free group photos or selfies. It's inexpensive. It's carefully engineered and it's functional. It also it's also fully adjustable, permitting portrait and landscape orientations. Go on over and read that one. Next up, we have Let's Talk Apple, 62, October 2018. Joining Bart this month is uh, Linda Gusha from Silicon Gusha, Valley. Gusha. Gusha. From, Gusha. from the Silicon Valley <laughs> Mac Users Group and Dermot Daly. Or Daly. Dally. Uh, from you app maker, say Dally, I say Dally. From app maker, <laughs> Tabadoo. <laughs> the four main stories are Bloomberg's The Big Hack Story, Adobe's announcement that real Photoshop is coming to the iPad in 2019, Apple's There's One More in the Making, or There's More in the Making event, and Apple's Quarter 4 2018 earnings call. The show finishes with a quick look at a few other Apple-related stories that made the news in October. And next up is the Marshall Stanmore 2 voice speaker. This is another review by Mr. Burt Clanchard. This is Burt Clanchard. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. I approve this message. Well, you know, we kind of expected that you would. The Marshall Stanmore 2 voice speaker sounds terrific and incorporates Marshall's iconic guitar amp styling. With its multiple amplifiers and three speakers, it expresses itself. <coughs> Excuse me. With a loud, assured voice. The sound is beefy and muscular and can easily fill a room. Go, listen, download, 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 enjoy. <laughs> Essential Apple Podcast 110, Scrapbook Air. Uh, this week, of course, Apple had a keynote event in New York and revealed a host of items. Some expected, iPad, some not hoped for, some only hoped for, sorry, Mac Minis and MacBook Airs. Also, Apple had an earnings call, not something Simon and the crew tend, tend to get overwrapped sorry. up in this show. But there are a few, a uh, couple of points of interest. Unsurprisingly, there wasn't really much other news to note for us, but even so... They ran extra long. What are you doing? Gesundheit or bless you. I'm sneezing like crazy. I'm so sorry. Oh, okay. Uh, Last one. And hopefully I won't sneeze in the middle of it. The USB-C multi-port dock with power pass-through UH3224. Just rolls off the tongue. I know. This is a review by Mr. Sklorenoir. This is Sklorin War. See? You have failed pronouncing my name wrong for the last time. Well, yes. For this week, we certainly have. Uh, let's see. A10UH3234 is a USB-C multi-port dock with power pass-through. The dock includes ports for USB 3.1A, HDMI, DisplayPort, VGA, Ethernet, SD, and microSD, plus audio and a pass-through power port with USB-C. It is in a wet shape and comes in aluminum. So check that out. Check that review out by Mr. Mr. Uh, Warren Sklar. Now, if you would like to contact uh, myself or Gaz or, or, or send a missive to Mr. Madden, all you have to do is contact 
Mr. John Nemo and his email address is Nemo at mymac.com. Uh, Carl, how can people get a hold of you? You can search out Mac and Forth at macandforth.com or you can try and find our podcast, if you so wish, Mac and Forth Show. And if you'd like to send me an email, it's guy at mymac.com probably or over there on the Twitters, it is Mac Pettit. Um, Mr. Madden, would you please, please get us out of this segment? Yes, I, I say totally. Would you mind? Would you mind standing by to stand by? And and if you don't mind, we'll be right back. Yeah, I think just a straight ad, don't you? Yeah. Like what? What would we say? Like tech fan podcast uh, or? Are you are you interested in technology and gadgets? Uh huh. Do you um, want to listen to two guys who know technology and gadgets? Are we claiming to be those guys? Yes. <laughs> well, there, there we go. Are we claiming to be that be those guys? You be the judge. Tech fan podcast. No, that'll work. Let's yeah? use that as yeah. an ad. only Apple podcast that spells xylophone with a Z. The G-Men on the MyMac podcast. And welcome everyone back to the, I almost say, I almost always say center section, but this show really has four parts. So I guess this isn't the center section of the MyMac. This is the second part of the MyMac.com podcast. Let's just get that out there right now. Uh, (laughs) Now, uh, I've only got three things to talk about here. And it's a total of uh, three sentences, which means that it'll probably take us about an hour <laughs> to get through them all. Uh, and the first one, and there's people may not even realize this, but for a very, very long time, Amazon wasn't selling Apple stuff directly. Most everything that you bought from Amazon that was an Apple product was through a third party. Um, and I guess that was partially because uh, Apple also was charging or trying to charge Amazon their 15% for content sales done through iOS devices. Carl? Um, no, that's not what oh. this... That's what, <laughs> sorry, I thought... No, I, I lost I, you there. I, I did realize you'd stop the sentence there. That's not what they're doing here, is it? It's not going to... You still can't buy stuff through the, the Amazon app. This is... You can buy stuff from Amazon that is now Apple-related. Yes. Yeah, well, that's, that's what I was saying. But Amazon, because apparently they're no longer bashful about making money, have decided to, to stop... Now, this is an oddly phrased sentence they amazon has decided to stop not selling apple products from apple <laughs> so that's that's what happens when you start something you not stop doing well, it they have been selling macbook laptops and beats headphones if you call beats apple and stuff but pretty yep. soon they're going to be able to start officially offering from Apple the iPad Pro the XR the XS and the, and the Apple Watch as well strangely enough though not the HomePod. Can't think why. But uh, mm. yeah, all this other stuff. And not, not only that, it's a good, well, I think it's a good move for both of them. Because um, I, have you ever bought supposedly Apple, Apple, official Apple stuff from Amazon before? I've done it once and it wasn't a good result. Yeah, I've, um, other than things like um, headphones, uh, or not the headphones, the uh, AirPods, which I just recently bought. And I'm really digging, by the way. Mm. I didn't think I was going to like them, the AirPods. <laughs> so everyone goes. <laughs> I know. Well, it's just, I mean, I've used Apple EarPods before, and it's been kind of like, eh, okay, you know, it's Air, Air, EarPods. But the, um, the AirPods sound remarkably good. I, I, was, I have to say I was stunned. Yeah, if you've got the type of ears they fit perfectly they're wonderful things i my my ears are a bit i don't know something's missing and they, one of them tends to fall out now, now uh now and then but i use beats x and they are fantastic are those also wireless uh yeah yep yeah, they just got a cord that goes around the back of your head 
but oh, are, so if one falls out, then you don't. It just no. doesn't fall Plus down can, the, the drain or something. You can really ram them into your ears, so they're not likely to come out. But yeah, I mean, I mean, I still use my AirPods. They're, they're wonderful. I've just got slightly the wrong shape one ear. That's all. That's the only problem. Yeah, you know that there's there's like all kinds of of little add-ons for the AirPods yep. that you can hook around your ear that's, and whatever. That's right. But to me, that that that's almost like, you know. At that point, why bother getting Apple AirPods? Just get something that fits your ear. Because they are really handy to have. Like, literally, I mean, I know what you're, you're, yeah. you're talking about, no, the no, little no, socks well, no. and things that you can put onto them. Well, not so much that, but they're, they're, like, they're like these hooks and stuff that yeah. you can put on that'll wrap around your ear and all the rest of that. But it's like, you can't leave those on no. and put the AirPods back into their case to charge. So that means you have to carry something else to carry these these hooky things that make it so that you can use your AirPods without them falling out of your ear and down the sewer or something. So at that point, you know, what is the point of even having them? Just use something that's that's actually going to fit your ears. Siri. What? Siri. Siri's the reason to have it. So you can just double tap it and do all those things and... That's why. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure it's a big selling point. Well, my wife and I were talking about this last night. We were watching, um, it was a college American football game. And one of the teams uh, for Tulane, they're, they're like the Green Wave or something like that is the, is the team name. And I was sitting there thinking there is, you know, they must have been like the, the Screaming Indians or some other politically incorrect thing that they've you know changed because reasons and i went and i checked and i you know i went you know siri or you know s name what is the original name of you know the mascot for tulane university and it came back and in the 20s or since the 1920s they've been the green wave so i was that was a surprise but instead of just coming out and saying you know s word saying uh, you know, the, the mascot for Tulane University is the Green Wave. No, it's like, here's some interesting links. It's like, no, just just tell me, you know, I, this is something that other digital assistants are able to do. But Siri seems to have a, a really, really hard time doing this. Yeah, I mean, I, you're obviously referring to like, the, the Google one and, and I'm, I, I just don't yeah. think they're going for different things. I know that's what we expect Siri to do, but it's never done that properly. I don't think. I mean, it will answer some questions in a verbose way, but most of the time yeah. it just goes, here's some things you can look up yourself. Lazy git. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's like, you know, you could have Googled this if you had wanted to. It's like, no, I wanted you to, to look it up and just tell me. But yeah, and, you know, frankly, as it, unless I'm asking you what the weather is outside in Timbuktu, you're not really helping me that much. So at, at some point, it's it's like, well, why am I using that instead of something from Google or Amazon? Other than the fact that it's not built into, you know, my phone or, or what have you. So it, it's just it's frustrating for me. And somehow I don't know how we got on this because we were talking about Amazon selling Apple <laughs> stuff and. Well, they do the Alexa. weird rent. True. All I mean, right. Well, then let's because because like I say I had one issue when I bought something I thought was from Apple and it you know came via Amazon once and I bought uh, I think it's a twenty nine watt charger and they they go for about fifty quid so I thought oh I can't be bothered to go and buy it from the store I'll just order it from Amazon and it'll be here tomorrow and it turned up now. I don't know what gave it away for me that this wasn't an official Apple product, even though it said from Apple on the page, because it turned up in a little brown cardboard box stuffed in a little <laughs> a little polythene bag uh, with an yeah, elastic good. band. That's what Apple does. Yeah, with an elastic band around it, holding it in. <laughs> so I thought, hmm, hmm, Apple have really let gone downhill with their packaging. <laughs> <laughs> They've really just let things slip. Yeah, but uh, it was the same price as the official one, and it, it's not, it's not the official one. So, I mean, it's tricky. You go down there and and you see lots of things on, on Amazon's website, and a lot of things purporting to be officially Apple. I mean, Apple did a, a, an investigation a few years back, and in fact, they created a lawsuit where they started charging Amazon 
They bought out charges against Amazon for selling fake stuff via their, you know, supplied by Amazon. Well, and Uh, that was actually talking about charging Amazon. It was about chargers. Hmm. And a lot of these chargers were, were actually quite dangerous. Yeah. You know, because you know, when people were saying, oh, yeah, I bought my Apple charger and it blew up. I mean, yeah, you bought the Apple, but they often left out. Well, sometimes they left out. They didn't buy it directly from Apple. So it's not. Or that it wasn't even an Apple product. Yeah. It was just plugged into an Apple phone. Yeah, I mean, it's just it's just one of those things. So what they're trying to do, because I kind of like this idea of what they're going to do. The only it's going to stop people selling as well on on Amazon who are not official resellers of Apple stuff or Apple themselves. So they are going to have all their noses put out of the joint by the fact that they can no longer claim to be selling Apple. Uh, I think it's starting from December. They're not allowed to be able to do that, and they've got to clear out their inventory by January or something. But uh, yeah, so but that's good. Like I say, people just go on, and I trust Amazon. If I see from Apple as the the seller's name or buy Apple, then I'm thinking that must be legit, and it's not most of the time. And that's terrible. But the the nice thing, I mean, you know, again, we're getting way off topic here, sort of. Uh, I bought a, um, uh, a a small microphone that plugs into an iPod to do the you know the guy's daily drive thing, and it didn't work. I was getting this horrible echo on it, and it was like a you know sixty dollar little microphone. Mm-hmm. And this is the first time I've tried this. I contacted Amazon and it was like, okay, I want to return this. And I'm sitting there thinking, no, oh, this is going to be such a pain in the ass because this is why so many people almost regardless of how much they spent, if it doesn't work properly, they're like, I'll just put it in this box over here, you know, <laughs> and then they forget about it. But it's like, you know, it's 60 bucks. I, I don't want this thing. And it's not working the way I expected it to. So I, I, through their website, I want, you know, marked this thing as something I wanted to return. And I don't know if they have them in the UK, but here in the States, they have these like Amazon drop-off points. Yep. So you, you contact them, they send you an email, this thing that you print out and that you attach to the package of whatever this is that you just bought. And then you take it to this a grocery store or whatever. And they've got this Amazon return or I can't even think what they call it. And you, you punch in the code that they give you and a little drawer or door opens up, you put it in there, you close it. And then at some point somebody comes and picks them up and returns them. The lockers. And yeah. Yeah. Amazon lockers. And it's just so convenient. And it's not just for returning stuff. You can have stuff delivered that way too. So if, if you're in an apartment building or something where, you know, things go missing, you can just send it to an Amazon locker and then go and pick it up there. No, it's great. Like I said, I've got no problem with how Amazon does their delivery service. Although, you know, obviously we'd like to, their workers to get paid a bit more, but then that's normally the case for many of these tech companies. Sure. But, uh, yeah, it's just the people faking that they're apple that's that's the only problem and and it must be such a massive task there's no way amazon can clamp down on it 100 percent. but i guess if they're put in a situation where they know these people are officially apple suppliers because they have to get a notification from apple itself that these people are resellers and that's okay then anybody else not on that list is offering fake merchandise so yeah It'll be easy for them to clamp down, and of course, you know, I'd love to. I'm, I love the ability to buy, be able to get stuff from Apple via Amazon because it might arrive the same day in some cases, or, or the very next day. Makes it very, very uh, um, manageable. And because, like you know, like you say, Apple uses those things like Amazon lockers, uh, but Apple doesn't do that. It will just like good luck trying to be in when their delivery guy turns up. Otherwise, he just takes it away again. It's a, it's a bloody yeah, or it doesn't sometime. turn up. Yeah, Here's exactly. your MacBook Pro. I'll just put this right next to your door. This, Thanks. This, Bye. This is, this is what I'm saying. I've never had a problem with uh, Amazon deliveries. Because like I say, you can take advantage of lockers or you can send them little messages or, or all kinds of things. And like the returns yeah. policy. like you, you, I had something similar. I, I got a HomeKit a piece of home kit technology recently and it didn't work. And I thought, Oh God, here we go. I've got to send it back. What a pain in the butt this is going to be. And I just rang, uh, I just contacted them via the website uh, and they sent me a label and they sent someone to come pick it up and take it away from my house. So yay. <laughs> it's great. Yeah. All right. 
Um, well, that went in an odd direction. Uh, the next one is Macworld is trying to guess which Mac will transition to ARM, an ARM processor first and when. So um, this is a, this topic has been a bugaboo of mine for a number of years. Uh, I think you and I have, and Gaz and I have talked about it. I was about numerous. to say, did, did you get royalties for this story? You'd think I would have. Um, you would think that. Uh, but, the, the, you know, we've gotten to the point now, or Apple has gotten to the point now with the uh, A12X. Now, you have a new iPad Pro. Yes. And the, the A12X is supposed to be, I mean, just a, a great processor. Really, really fast. It's got eight cores, four that are dedicated to kind of helping out the other cores. <laughs> I guess there's like four active cores, four other cores that are, are meant to speed things along a little bit. And then there's uh, four, I think, graphics cores. So the A12 has like all these cores and, and it just does amazing things with the software that's available in iOS. And every single time that uh, a, a new process, not so much when a new iOS device is put out there, but when a new processor is put out there, these stories pop up. And I end up talking about it here on the, the various podcasts that I do. <laughs> and in this particular case, the, the guy that wrote the article was going through all of these hoops, trying to figure out, well, would it be, would it be a laptop first or would it be a Mac mini or would it be this or would it be that? And the whole time I'm reading this, I'm thinking you, you, you twit. It's got, it doesn't matter if, and that's even assuming that Apple is even thinking along these lines. We don't know whether Apple is going to switch to arm, whether they'll stick with Intel or whether they'll move to multi-core AMD x86 process. I mean, we have no idea what Apple is going to do in this regard, but if they were going to make a big processor switch like this, it would be across the line. Apple is not going to sell a hybrid device that has both ARM and uh, x86 chips in it that are meant to, you know, have one or the other working at any given time. It's always going to be either x86 with maybe an ARM subprocessor to do certain little things, or it's going to be all ARM but they'll switch over the entire line of products within a year after they make a swap like that because they're not going to bother with trying to say, okay, well, well, these Macs here will run on ARM and these Macs here will run on x86. And, you know, you can only run these particular applications if you have the ARM one or if you have the Intel. No, Apple's not going to do that. They're going to come out. It's either going to be all or nothing. That's how it works. Um, possibly, but I, I don't, I'm not, I think there would be one first. There would have to be one that mm -hmm. they reveal first. And what's the problem? Of course. The problem, so the, the big thing would be is what would that one be? And the most obvious one is the, the, the manager style MacBook, uh, not even the MacBook Air, just the MacBook. Cause that's, I think that's the oldest one in the lineup now that hasn't been a, a, an update. So and it's also the You're most. You're talking about the 12-inch MacBook, the one with the one USB port on it, or has it got two yeah, now? Okay. Actually. Well, um, it's. I think it's. It's. Well, it doesn't matter. It's one or two USB-C ports. Yeah. So, so it came out a few years ago, and, and that is the most obvious one to stick an ARM processor in. If they can work out a way to have something equivalent to Mac OS running on it, uh, I'm sure they already do. Well, I would hope so. I mean, hope so. I mean, we know Apple's a forward-looking company. We know they're like six years out on their 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 line, product their, line, yeah, product line. So, yeah, I mean, they must have seen just like everybody else. They must have seen Intel stumble over the last few years and completely miss their their production dates that they were meant to hit and had to invent these these revs of current chips again and again and again. Um, and, and just recently, all they're doing is sticking more cores into the into the chips yeah. to make them faster. Well, what, what is that called? Moore's law, where the the speed of processing is supposed to double yeah. every eighteen months, something like that. Mm -hmm. Well, they've hit the brick wall yes. with that. 
And there's really, there's really no way to speed that up all that much anymore. So what they've done instead, and you know, you hit on this is instead of trying to increase processor speed, which we can't really do, we'll just keep throwing, you know, we'll make, we'll make the, the dies smaller and smaller and smaller. And I think Intel has a pretty steady supply of 10 nanometer uh, fabs right now. Whereas uh, Apple is using seven nanometer fabs for their arm chips. I'm not sure what AMD well, is using. Didn't Intel say recently, uh, we're not going to do 10, 10 uh, nano. Oh, we're going to go straight oh, to seven. <laughs> Damn it. Okay. Well, whatever it is that they're, they're having trouble with the seven nanometer die. Yeah. And honestly, when you're talking about the only time that it really matters when it comes to computing is with laptops, because the smaller you can make the components, the better you have lighter, thinner, all the rest of that. If you're talking about desktop chips, I don't care if, it, if it's 250 nanometers, <laughs> you know, I mean, it, it's not like I'm going to do, oh, this, this desktop computer is so heavy. It must be because of this, you know, the, the size of the processors inside. It's like, oh God, shut up. Doesn't matter. So yeah, um, Intel is having problems going to seven nanometers and I mean, it, I mean, it must be absolutely tantalizing to Apple because a few years ago, Steve Jobs wanted to have the best chip people out there, and they went and hired a load of chip people, and that's why we've now yeah, today got, bought a bunch of companies. Yeah, the, the you know the A12X. That's why we've got this chip, and it is absolutely blowing away all the stuff that's come before it, just like every other iteration has blown away what previously came before it. Now, first time I heard you go on about. The fact that you know, would they ever put um, an an ARM chip into a Mac? It was at a time where the ARM chips were not that powerful, and everyone mm, no, because it can't. It can't do that kind of stuff that you know Intel could do. But now, apart from like whatever this magical iPad, uh, I, uh, Mac Pro will be when it comes out next year, it, it's looking like these chips can potentially get up there and equal a lot of what these laptops at least can do. And yeah. it must be. Well, and, and, and remember as well that it's the difference between RISC and CISC as far as these processors mm-hmm. go. Intel chips, and if you don't know what this means, and not you, but you know, people listening, CISC stands for Complex Instruction Set Chip, which means that it's capable of doing a lot of different things with a lot of different instructions, whereas RISC is reduced instruction set chip they're typically smaller and are able to do 90 percent of what a sys chip can do and the rest of it they have to figure out little you know little ways around it but reduced instruction set chips typically don't run as hot they uh can can be smaller and they're able to do more because it they don't have nearly the the same amount of of code that's required to, to do certain things. I said, and just and, like, I know what I'm talking about. <laughs> almost. Well, the, the, the fact, like I say, the fact is Apple got the, these, these people who designed their chips for them. And it must be absolutely galling that they've produced these massive powerhouses for chips. And they look across at what their Macs are, are, are hampered by currently. Uh, and they must be going, Oh, if only we could put these chips into that yeah. and, and not have any issues with software or anything like that, which is going to be the problem at the moment, of course. Right. But uh, I don't know. Problems get solved. So I don't think it's an insurmountable problem. They moved many years ago from power PCs to. Well, they've done it twice. Yeah. They went, from, they went from the 68K chips from the original Macs that Motorola made okay. to. The uh, PowerPC chips that was that was part of the AIM alliance that was Apple, Intel, and sorry, Apple, IBM, and Motorola, and that was the G3, G4, G5 chips. And then in 2005, they made the switch to x86. But in each time, at, or at each time, Apple included an emulation layer mm-hmm. that would switch you from applications that were meant for one processor to work with a different processor. And the nice thing about having chips that are this powerful on the arm side is hopefully that emulation layer to switch between x86 and arm can be just as powerful as what's 
they used to do in the past and that they're able to get past some of the, the roadblocks. So, I mean, we'll, we'll see what, and, and the other, that's the other thing to remember is it's all good and well for Apple to make a swap like this. The problem is how do you get developers yeah. to change their, their code to work with arm versus x86. And there's a big difference in the code base between these two. Yeah, I mean, and of course, the, the market for Macs isn't as big as PCs, so that's always going to be a trouble. But it was the same back in the day, wasn't it? I'm sure. Sure, it was worse. So it's a tricky one. I mean, it's the desire to do it, like I say, it must be tantalizing. And, and But the, the amount of work involved, not just through Apple, but also all these developers, would Mind you, a lot of the, I hear a lot of developers screaming out for it as well. They're just wishing it would hurry up and happen. Because everyone seems to think it's going to happen. It's not a case of if, it's a case of when. Right. Um, and, and that'll be it. And it will take, all it will take, I think, is for one, them to bring out one line that has got an ARM processor in it. And that'll, that'll be the end of this discussion because it'll either bomb and, and go horribly wrong and, and let crash in flames or it'll be the greatest thing ever and the rest of their lineup will switch and then it'll be up for everybody else to decide what they want to do but they'll, they'll switch they'll switch anyway you well know. again <clears throat> the um the apple market is a very although it's small it's profitable for for most people who want to get into it and stuff so and it could yeah but it apple, could, apple if apple does something like this they're not going to release a product and then wait and see what the sales are like they'll release the, the first product, would whatever that is, and it'll be like, okay, within a year, our entire line of Macintoshes are going to be using processor X. And there'll be no going back because that's what Apple does. They, they're not going to, you know, like so many companies, they're like, well, let's, let's put a toe in the water <laughs> and let's see what happens. And then, you know, the product doesn't sell well because everyone is looking at it going, well, we don't know if you're really committed to this or not. Whereas Apple's like, I don't care what the temperature of the water is. I'm jumping in without even knowing. That's just true. And so, and that's what they do. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I, I don't, I don't know what Intel would do. Probably they wouldn't miss it. What could miss they it do? that much? Because they're still not that. I mean, PC market is much bigger than Apple, as, as yeah. you say. But, but it would be a, a knock on their production, I should imagine. Well, maybe, but you know, the, here's the thing. You know, people screamed for years that Apple wasn't updating their computers. Yeah. A lot of that was kind of like, wh- what are they going to change it to? What, you know, are they going to come out with this new line of iMacs that has a processor that's, you know, 5% faster than the one they put out last year? What's the point? <laughs> I you know, think you've, got, you've got four cores and those four cores, whether you're doing Photoshop or, or playing a game on Steam, are working as hard as they have to do. To, to accomplish whatever task it is that you're doing. And if you have a processor that's 5% faster, it doesn't necessarily follow that those processes will now be 5% faster. I think It depends ar- on what it is you're doing. I think that argument that, uh, against Apple of um, just bring something out was the fact that they were still charging the original ma- amount of money. It never went down because they like to keep their placeholders in. Sure so. So that was the thing. So it was like after three years, it was kind of galling to go and pay the same price for a machine that effectively came out three years ago. I think that was the issue with a lot of people. Okay. Well, on that note, let's get to, I can't believe we've used this much time on two topics so far. Uh, The last thing is the new products are out. Speaking of machines that have taken a long time to get updated (laughs) and the Mac mini has a hard-to-get-to upgradable RAM and upgradable, well, not much else. So um, I watched a, a YouTube video on someone breaking down the new Mac Mini. And it you can replace the RAM. You know, and it's just a question of do you have the time and do you have the patience to get through all the hoops that you have to go through in order to replace the RAM in a Mac mini. And it's always been so galling to me that Apple would take a machine like the Mac mini and just make it nearly impossible for the average mortal being to go and get to the RAM when you could just have it. Okay. Here's four screws, one in each corner. You take those out. The whole 
bottom of the machine drops out and there's your two RAM slots. It's like, move, there you go. All done. But no, you've got to, you've got to go in and use these little splunchers and, and un- undo cables and, and, you know, careful that you don't do anything to that antenna because it's going to do horrible things to the rest of the machine and it won't work anyway. And then you do this and then you do that. And then you can take out that. Oh, but wait, first you have to take out these screws. It's like, Oh my God, you know, you, you know, we're not all trying to be Tom Cruise getting, secrets out of the cia you know it's it's like just just make it why make it so hard because they don't want people to do it oh well there is that that is that is as simple as <laughs> it i mean most people don't do it it's like we do because we know that apple ram is extortionate so yeah it's we crazy know, crazy yeah, priced we, we know there's a possibility we can do it ourselves we'll we'll buy the bug standard amount of ram and then upgrade it ourselves at some point now i've i've done this i'm sure you've done this and yeah. i've got to say the only time my mac has ever really gone wrong is when the ram crapped out i bought from a third party vendor so yeah well see that happened my son my son guy jr bought a 27 inch imac and uh he he was going to get ram from Apple, he was going to put in uh, 32 gigs of RAM from oh. Apple. And I was like, oh. no, no, no. My God, man, don't do that. Yeah. I said, at the same time that you're buying this this 27-inch iMac from Apple, go to uh, Otherworld Computing, OWC, MacSales.com. I'll give them a free plug and get your RAM from them. So he did. And they both showed up and one of the sticks was bad. And, oh, he ranted and raved and oh. just had a royal. It's like shut up this is this is not a big deal contacted owc they sent me an rma paid for the shipping to send it back they asked if 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 i was willing to spend or put put on hold another charge they would have sent out the new ram the next day but i was like no that's fine you know just send it to send it to me once you get these two sticks back and and you verify that one of them is bad it took like week and a half two weeks and then he got his, his new RAM and it worked fine. So, you know, the, the lesson there is, especially with a 27-inch iMac, which is pretty easy to, to replace the RAM in, is don't, if you can, don't get the RAM from Apple because it's, it's stupid priced. And just take the time. And, and there are relatively inexpensive kits from both OWC and, and sites like ifixit.com that will help you break into some of these machines that, that can be difficult to get into. And the new Mac mini is one of them. Um, so, and get your Ram from, from someone other than Apple. Now, as far as the Mac mini goes, one of the things that I was kind of hoping that it was going to have as a, as a replaceable bit was storage, but it doesn't, it's, it's on these little tiny chips that are hard, hard soldered into the machine. Yeah. So, and with the base model only having what 128 gigs of storage, but it's got Thunderbolt ports on it, so you could easily—it's got four of them. Yeah, so you could easily get an external anything you want and plug it in, and basically the bus is not that much slower. It's 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 crazy fast. Exactly. Yeah. So this, you know, I got into an argument with somebody talking. Well, they should have, you know, you know, when is the Mac Pro coming out? And it's like, dude, you're you're kind of looking at it. You know, well, you, you get you get a Mac Mini with eight gigs of RAM and whatever the bare minimum is of storage that you desire. And you don't really need much more than uh however much you need for applications and the operating system. And then you use Thunderbolt and you get an eCPU, and <clears throat> a lot of these eCPUs come in cases. That actually have GPU, you mean, uh, SATA, bu- SATA buses so that you can connect up external storage into them as well. You mean GPUs, eGPUs? Yeah, what did I say? CPU. Oh, e- oh yeah, eGPUs. Sorry. You know, uh, as a matter of fact, OWC sells one. It's around $500. It's got an eight gig uh, AMD card in it. And it's, it's you know, for under, under $2,500, you can get a middle of the road. Mac mini, get the RAM from OWC, get this eGPU from uh, MacSales.com, and then whatever storage that you want. And you have got the equivalent of 
uh, but not so much a Mac Pro because it's going to be a, a six core i7, but it's going to be a screaming machine that will certainly be as fast, if not faster than that 2010 to 2012 Mac Pro that you've been, you know, lugging around from, from <laughs> studio to studio and will probably be nearly as fast as the 2013 Mac mini with, you know, six to 12 cores of Xeons. Yeah. I mean, uh, people... But as people just like to moan about the fact they can't get this mythical Mac machine that they want to use, even though they don't yeah. want to do it. I mean, lots of people are clamoring for the fact that there needs to be needs to be a new Mac Mini, and then a new Mac Mini comes out. Oh, wonderful, great, great, fantastic, well done, well done, Apple. Going to buy it? No. So- yeah, yeah. Well, and here's the thing: the days of a uh, huge cheese grater Macs from Apple are done. Yeah, yeah. You're you're not going to see. Uh, a Mac Pro from Apple that has two to four slots for hard drives and, and all the rest of the stuff that that uh, such a small group of people are clamoring for over something that's like, well, you want to add more storage? Here's a Thunderbolt port. You want to add a faster video card? Here's a Thunderbolt port. Thunderbolt 3, especially Thunderbolt 3, is is crazy fast. And that's good enough for 99.9% of what people need computers for. Yeah, I mean, again, when it comes to Apple, we, we look at the specs because we're old school and that's what we do. We look yeah. at the specs. Um, but I, I think uh, time and time again, the specs do not relate to how whatever Apple does inside its machines because sometimes, well, more than often actually, the, the way it actually performs in real life belies the, the stats that actually are given you think how on earth this this running so so well yes if you get the bottom of the range on anything and you want to do 4k video encoding then chances are you've made the wrong purchase but <laughs> yeah. but most people don't do that most people just want a computer that doesn't go wrong that they haven't got to constantly fight with with the software now i know windows has come on a long way but when i they think have. back to the last time i used it which was windows 7 it was still a constant battle with the OS just to get the machine working most of the time. Uh, and since I've switched to, to Apple, I've never had those issues. They've just gone. I just enjoy using the machine. And, you know. iCloud, sorry, excuse me. Yeah, well, that's you. I see, I've never had that issue. <laughs> this is, you can always, you're always going to have people who have one specific problem here, there, yeah. or whatever. It's just the way like of. Like me. Yeah, like you today. And, I don't know what that is. That could have been user incompetence. <laughs> no. <laughs> no but, uh, I don't think so, sir. But, you know, and I, I you know, I, I feel sorry for people who run into issues. I, I truly do. And, you know, I try and help them out. But I've failed me for the last time. <laughs> but that's, you know, we have to realize these things are complex machines and things yes, go wrong they occasionally. Are. So, but, Yes, uh, they do. I think it's great that we all consider them just things that should work all the time because, if you've been in computers as long as we've been messing around with computers, it's a miracle they work. Most of At the time. all. <laughs> exactly. <sighs> all right. Um, I think that's going to do it for this segment. So I'm going to get us out of here. <sighs> okay. I feel better. I've, you know, rant over. Everyone, please stand by to stand by. I don't know why my voice is going up and down like this, but it is. And we will be right back. Android, iOS, Alexa, Siri, technology, sci-fi, video games, tablets, computers, flash drives, toys, weather, and general silliness. Geekiest show ever, every week on the MyMac Podcasting Network. Sometimes you need insightful opinion on the Apple ecosphere, and for those other times... That's the Gmail on the MyMac Podcast. And welcome back to the MyMac Podcast, where I never did find out where Gaz went today. So if there was only a finder for Gaz, is there one? Oh, there, there is not, but I will nod my head anyway. Hit it. Gaz's tips. Mostly. Gaz's tips. Mostly. Gaz's tips. It's time for Gaz's tip. Yeah, well, it's Gaz's tip, but I'm the one that's giving it today. So, you know, buyer beware.
Uh, finder sidebar. If you have in your finder, in your finder windows, the sidebar activated, a lot of the things that you may have had there in previous versions of the Mac OS may not be there any longer. However, it is silly easy to get them back in there. So go and find whatever the folder or even application that it is that you use on a regular basis that you want in the sidebar, select it, you know, single click, and then just drag it into the sidebar and it will put itself wherever it needs to be. And then you'll be, uh, then you'll be happy and have all the stuff that you want. How does that sound to you, Mr. Mr. Madden? I agree with that so much. I'm nodding my head. Oh, very nice. Hit it. That's the end of Gaz's Tips. That's Most the end of Gaz's Tips. That's Most the end of Gaz's Tips. Okay, is that the, uh, the end of the tip? Will you let me finish? Gaz's Tips. Bing! All right. <laughs> so, um, somewhat related to the problems that we have had today on this show, Carl, what is your pick? <laughs> My pick is is ferrite for the iPhone or the iPad actually, and this is the this is the recording studio where well, it can be a recording studio, but I use it mainly to edit my podcasts, and it is a wonderful application. So the way I use it is I bring in all the various tracks I've assembled after I finish the show, uh, line them all up, go through. Uh, eliminate any long silences in there um bring all the audio nice and close together so there's no big gaps or anything like that then equalize all the sound and then push that out after adding all the the show description and the cover art push that out as an mp3 which is then ready to upload it is an absolute joy to use it's absolutely brilliant and and is there a cost is there a cost associated with that yes i'm afraid there is so uh, i think it's uh he said desperately looking for the upgrade i think so there, i think there's two upgrades there's a 15 dollar one that gets you a certain amount of pro features and i think there's also a 30 dollar one that gets you unlocks all the pro features and i'm not sure i think you can try it out for free just to give it a go but if you try and do certain things it will say oh that's a pro feature you can't do it but you can certainly get to use it and see if it's for you for free initially and it's a wonderful application all right cool my pick this week Carl, in case you didn't know, because I haven't, this is the first time I've actually said it. You know that, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> is Mimo Live by Boink Software. This is live casting software. So if you want to live cast on Facebook, YouTube, or Twitch, or, or other live streaming platforms, uh, it is the, the, the it, it reaches that middle ground between cost and capability. There are free. There's free software you can use to live cast and there's very expensive software that you can use to live cast. And then there's less expensive software that you can use to live cast. Boink's Mimo Live has an incredible feature set that is remarkably easy to use and is, uh, in my opinion, well worth the price if, if you're somewhat serious about live casting. And uh, you could get something... Oh, I don't know if I don't think I should mention other products, but other products that are that have a, a similar, you know, high feature set go for anywhere from seven to a thousand dollars for each version. Mimo Live by Boinks, it's $199 for one year and you get all their updates, or $399 for three years, and you get all the updates. There's no other costs associated. And some of the things that it does, it'll even do things like uh allowing you to bring in other people and they, the other people that you bring in are just using their browser. There's no proprietary software that they have to download. Basically you send them a, a, a hard link, a URL, and they select their microphone, they select their camera, and then they're talking and chatting with you online. It's, it's really, really cool software. So check that out. And they have a free version. If you want to try it first, Mimo live, by boinks and if you do make sure you tell them you heard it here on the mymac.com podcast from guy because maybe then they'll keep letting me use it so <laughs> that's my uh that's my pick and um we don't have any any feedback and uh, i'm kind of lost because for various reasons that i'm not going to go into here uh i cannot see the rest of the show notes so <laughs> I think uh, I will just, I think we need to end this show. So I will just say thank you, number one, to Carl for coming on and, and filling in for gas. It's greatly appreciated. No worries, and sir. And also, 
Thank you to everyone out there who downloads and listens and listens to the MyMac.com podcast. It is greatly, greatly appreciated. And Carl, I think, mm-hmm. you know, this is me, that mm-hmm. I think that we're good enough. Mm-hmm. I think that you're smart enough. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, I see, I didn't even include myself. And that doggone it, people like us. Indeed. Ke hele o ole ole gaz o hokahuko paina paina ayo ao kaumadden mi ka homialiona e hana aikana hokika. Is that it? Yes, it. That's the whole thing. Well, there's only one thing left to say. And. Thanks for downloading and listening to the MyMac Podcast. You can also hear other great podcasts on the MyMac Podcasting Network, like the Tech Fan Podcast, Three Geeky Ladies, Geekiest Show Ever, the Let's Talk Podcast, Essential Apple Podcast, and the Club PlayStation and Club Nintendo Podcasts. For those who may be expecting after show this week, well, I'm sorry. There isn't any, except for this little bit right here. Uh, ran into all kinds of technical issues. And all things considered, uh, it's actually pretty lucky I got a show to put out at all. Uh, thanks to Carl, who was doing a backup recording and made sure that uh, that I had something to work with. Thanks again, Carl, uh, not only for being on the show, but for having this backup recording. I really, really do appreciate it. So uh, with that, I will say good night or good day or whatever you're listening to this and uh, we will see you next week.